Don't forget to rate us on iTunes so we can continue to bring great content to you. Good afternoon and thank you for joining us. My name is Carla Marin and I'd like to welcome you to our webinar, Behavioral Therapy, What It Is and Finding a Therapist. Today's webcast is part of CHAD's National Resource Center on ADHD, Ask the Expert series. The NRC is funded by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and provides reliable, science-based information about current medical research and ADHD management. It is a pleasure, pleasure to introduce today's expert, Dr. John Barton. Dr. Barton specializes in assessment and treatment of ADHD learning disorders, and adjustment to chronic pediatric illness. He is a fellow of the Academy of Clinical Child and Adolescent Psychology, and his advanced competence is certified by the American Board of Professional Psychology. Dr. Barton is a director of the Clinical Psychology Center and clinical associate professor in the Department of Psychology at Arizona State University. In addition, Dr. Barton is a member of the faculty and psychologist in the Department of Behavioral Medicine, Barrow Neurological Institute at Phoenix Children's Hospital. He is training director for the APA accredited doctoral internship at Phoenix Children's Hospital. He received his doctorate from Arizona State University, where he was the outstanding graduate student. Again, we are pleased to welcome Dr. Barton. Dr. Barton, if you can go ahead. Okay, well, thank you, Robin, and thank you, Carla, for this opportunity to talk with the, the members of CHAD. Uh, it's my pleasure today to talk about behavioral therapy, what it is, and finding a therapist. Um, today, uh, we are going to talk about, and I hope uh, that at the end of today's presentation, uh, are better able to know what is effective in the treatment of ADHD and to understand uh, what the components of behavioral therapy are. Uh, this third objective, uh, being a way, aware of ways to support executive function, uh, I was a little, a little too ambitious and so we had to drop these slides to conform to today's time frame. So we're not going to, uh, to get to that one. Uh, but I hope you'll be familiar with resources and how to find a good behavioral therapist. Um, and I must admit, but today um, we're going to talk about the well-established treatments of uh, for ADHD. And before we're going to talk about well-established treatments, and of course the first one is medication, probably uh, the most common, and at least in the short term. Uh, the most effective treatment for ADHD. Uh, classroom interventions and school accommodations uh, are another well-established treatment. Those classroom interventions uh, are the school equivalent of the behavioral interventions that we'll talk about today. Intensive social skills training, probably done at a summer camp with day-long attendance and attendance for weeks at a time is another well-established treatment that will improve the social skills of children with ADHD. And one that, that uh, is not on your slide, 
um, I've gone a little bit rogue and added another uh, well-established treatment, and that is organizational skills training. We'll talk about that just briefly uh, a little bit later. Uh, the topic that we are going to talk most about today is behavioral therapy, sometimes known as behavioral management or parent training. Um, well, so some people ask, uh, what is behavior therapy? It is uh, an intervention that doesn't involve just one specific method, but has a wide range of techniques. You may have heard about relaxation training, systematic desensitization, positive reinforcement timeout, some of which we'll talk about later on today. Uh, behavior therapy is based on the idea that behavior is learned and unhelpful behaviors can be replaced uh, by learning more helpful behaviors. Um, behavior therapy and working with a behavior therapist uh, allows you to have a better understanding of your child's and that understanding comes from being aware of signals behavior to occur. Those are sometimes called antecedents, sometimes called precipitants, and others call them triggers. Uh, the next step in understanding that behavior is to define it uh, very specifically uh, in observable terms and then be able to do the same uh, with its positive opposite. And finally, uh, observing the consequences of those behaviors. Um, Behavior therapy is effective in the treatment of anxiety, depression, insomnia, opposition and defiant, lots of other disorders, including ADHD. Well, why do behavioral training? Uh, one of the reasons is that uh, there is uh, that ADHD is reciprocal in the conflict and distress that families with children with ADHD experience. Uh, about half of the mothers of children with ADHD have had at least one major depressive episode in their lives. Um, parents of children with ADHD are at least three times more likely uh, to get separated or be divorced. And about half of children with ADHD have a parent with high levels of ADHD symptoms. Uh, so their approaches to parenting may be more inconsistent, may be more reactive, may be disorganized. Um, although one study has uh, talked about the, the positive aspects of parenting with ADHD and suggested that uh, perhaps those, those parents uh, have an increased involvement with their children, are more able to convey warmth and responsiveness, and may be able to better match the tempo of children who are highly active, and may be able to uh, display more empathy with those who are very active and um, impulsive. So that's one of the reasons. Um, but the other is that the nature of ADHD 
uh, requires uh, intervention at the point of performance. Um, and if you notice uh, on this slide, there is a boat out on the ocean. And uh, if you look at that boat, it's out um, in a hazy environment. And this boat is the boat called Now. And it's adrift on the sea of time. And if you look off the bow into the future, it's hard to see what's coming. If you look off the stern, it's hard to see what's happened, hard to learn from your mistakes. And so effective treatment uh, requires intervention at the point of performance. That is, in the moment, uh, in other words, if you want the behavior to change, you have to intervene. And so that brings us to one of the principles for the management of ADHD. Consequences and feedback must be much more immediate, much more frequent, and the consequences for behavior have to be more powerful. And, and of course, one should remember that novelty is powerful. When we're talking about consequences, we want to use rewards before punishment. So we want to see this well before we see this guy. Now, here's a quiz. Um, if behavior change takes place at the point of performance, where does change occur? Does it occur in the therapist's office uh, where these techniques might be explained and uh, children are encouraged to behave in more appropriate ways? Or does it occur at home when parents are um, talking with their kids in the moment uh, about more effective and desirable behavior? If you've answered B, you've passed this quiz. Which brings us to the second principle of management. And this is providing in structure, providing uh, information that you hoped would be in the forefront of that child's mind, uh, influencing his or her behavior, uh, but seems to have drifted off um, uh, because perhaps like one of the, the sayings I gleaned from the internet uh, about ADHD, uh, I do not have ducks. I do not have a row. I have squirrels, and they are at a rave. And so um, one has to provide uh, that information in an external way so that kids can access them. Parents. Um, using their experience uh, and their increased ability to predict events, uh, our radar uh, that penetrates that haze uh, that, that is on the sea of time. So they can look forward to, to see what lies ahead where that child with ADHD may not be able to anticipate what, what is going to occur. Uh, at that point, 
when parents are on the boat called now, they can provide information. So externalizing the information about what that child is to do, when he or she is supposed to do it, and how. This kind of uh, externalization of information uh, at the point of performance enables that child to do what he or she knows how to do at the time and the place which it needs to be done. So let's now talk about the core components of behavioral therapy. The first one, as I mentioned before, is education. This is understanding the antecedents or the uh, precipitants or the triggers of behavior, uh, understanding the behavior and its positive opposites, and then the consequences of that behavior. It's also important to understand what the function of that behavior might be. Um, secondly, specific praise and special time, planned ignoring, giving effective commands, providing external uh, motivation and incentive, and uh, considering timeout from positive reinforcement and improving parents' and children's problem-solving skills. And we'll talk about each one of these in turn. First of all, uh, you have to figure out what it is that you want to change. Sometimes this is called a functional uh, assessment. So carefully define your target behavior. What is it that your child is doing that you would uh, like to decrease? And then, uh, once you understand that, try to define the positive opposite. So instead of my child is messy, uh, think about what the positive opposite of that would be. My child will uh, put his or her shoes in their bin in their room when they come home from school. Very specific, very observable, um, and very positive. This is what you want your child to do. So the next step is to determine what prompts the behavior, otherwise known as the A or the antecedent. Uh, what is triggering? Well, child gets home from school, is uh, excited about going out to play, and leaves shoes and backpack and uh, jacket uh, all over the house. Uh, so so uh, the antecedent is getting home from school and anticipating uh, a chance to play. Uh, talked about the behavior. And what are the consequences? Well, uh, if you are going in to pick up uh, after your child and put all those uh, clothes away um, and they're out to play, that behavior is positively reinforced. So the consequence is I get to play and um, I still know where all my stuff is because mom and dad picked it up. Um, in behavioral therapy, what we're going to talk about now is altering those antecedents and those consequences. The next step is specific praise and special time. Uh, 
So while it's very often easy to catch kids uh, when they're in trouble, when they're not doing what uh, we'd hope they would do, uh, when we get those notes or calls from the teacher uh, about that child not finishing their work, uh, getting in trouble on the playground, um, in behavior therapy when we're trying to alter those behaviors, uh, one of the first steps to take in intervention is to catch them being good. And parents might need to get out a magnifying glass in order to catch that behavior, catch those uh, infrequent positive behaviors that you want to increase. But that's your task. Catch them being good. Once you do, catch them uh, engaged in that, that positive opposite uh, behavior. Then label it. Label it with specific praise. And that means um, describing what the behavior is and your emotional reaction to it. So it might be something like, uh, Bobby, I really like it when I see your shoes placed in their bin in your room. In addition to giving that praise, nonverbal signs of, of approval, things like high fives and hugs and smiles and uh, fist bumps uh, go, go along with that. Uh, another intervention here uh, to increase uh, the warmth and positive relationship that might be at risk in, in families who uh, are struggling with kids uh, with ADHD and their behavior uh, is the intervention called special time. Special time is non-contingent. That means you don't have to earn it. The only thing that you have uh, that require uh, of you of special time is that, that you have a close emotional bond with that child. Uh, you're not earning it. You're doing it because we enjoy spending time together. Special time is defined and time limited. That is, you announce um, uh, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 7 until 7.30 is going to be our special time together. Uh, and during that time, you're going to get to pick the activity that, that you and I will do together. Um, and uh, the activity is uh, not a passivity. It is an activity. So we want something to do uh, where both parent and child can be engaged in interacting together. And probably not something like watching TV or having the child uh, play a video game. These are activities, board games, um, make-believe, drawing, craft activities, uh, and things of that nature. And during these, parents may adopt um, a slightly different role, uh, taking a back seat, uh, as it were, uh, to their child. Um, because the child picks the activity, the child leads the activity, and the parent uh, might assume uh, the role of a play-by-play -play announcer in a sporting event. So it's not so much asking, it's not so much directing the activity, but following along 
sort of talking about the play-by-play -play as it occurs. Special time in being that play-by-play -play announcer is an opportunity to give your child lots of positive uh, attention. And attention, especially that of a parent or caregiver, is extremely powerful. That's why the next intervention is effective in working with children with ADHD. And that's planned ignoring. Um, it is the removal of attention from mildly annoying behavior. When kids are whining, when kids are crying, uh, uh, rolling their eyes, making complaints, if the behavior is maintained by your attention and engaging you in some kind of uh, reprimand or uh, lecture about why that behavior is unacceptable, uh, your attention may be working against you. Now, planned ignoring is, is not uh, the intervention with harmful or dangerous behavior. That's going to, to need a more active intervention. But with planned ignoring, parents need to keep calm and carry on. Um, that is, do something to keep yourself calm, talk with yourself, engage in some diverting activity uh, while the whining or the crying or complaining is going on. That and that will enable you to, to more often. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that if you are initiating planned ignoring and uh, have, have just started to do that, that is not business as usual. Children will expect uh, to you to engage in their, their whining or crying behavior as, as you have in the past. And so if you're not engaging in that, perhaps that behavior will get louder or more intense. Uh, occur more often, and so it appears that things are getting worse before they're getting better. Uh, but that's okay, that is expected, and that's an indication to you that things are working. It's important to give effective commands in behavioral therapy, and some of the steps are to be sure that you can follow through before you give a command. Uh, remember, it's a command. It's not a question. Um, a good formula to use is when-then commands. When you pick up your shoes, we'll be able to play outside. Uh, it might be a good idea to give a two-minute warning. Uh, in two minutes, I'll be asking you to pick up, so be prepared to switch what you're doing and start cleaning up at that time. Uh, because kids with ADHD uh, may have some difficulty uh, processing and, and attending to and do commands, um, allow a little time for them to process that, uh, and then if it's not uh, action toward that command isn't being initiated, repeat the command with the positive and negative consequence. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's a good idea to be clear, to be brief, to be visual, and 
an example of that uh, when giving commands you want your child to stop, look, and listen at you while you're giving your commands. Uh, next is a, a daily report card from school and this is uh, integrating both the uh, behavioral interventions at school and having them carry over to home, which may be part of uh, an increased incentive program. And I would guess that most uh, of our listeners today um, are uh, familiar with a sticker chart. And you can look at this example of a token economy. It is uh, targeting uh, three behaviors. It's specified pretty well. Um, and it's stated positively, and uh, the reward for the, the tangible reward for the stickers is stated down below. Uh, timeout from reinforcement is, again, timeout from positive reinforcement. So no reinforcement should be available while kids are in timeout. Remember, you want to use rewards first, and um, if using timeout, define the behaviors that will warrant timeout, how long timeout will last, where timeout will be, what, time, when timeout is over, and uh, what you have to do in order to, to end timeout. And then think about managing escalating behavior. Uh, and an alternative to this uh, is, is called response cost. Uh, and this is uh, the uh, ever popular grounding uh, or the loss of, of privileges. And problem solving is an effective uh, step in behavioral therapy because um, kids with ADHD may not be so effective in looking ahead, looking behind, and being able to anticipate uh, the effects of attempts to solve problems. So defining what the problem is, uh, brainstorming potential solutions, not choosing impulsively the first one that comes to mind, evaluating them, looking ahead, using that parental radar to gaze through the mist and anticipate what the consequences might be. Uh, then picking the most positive solution, uh, determining who's going to help get that done, uh, evaluate the success. How did it work? And if it worked, great. Celebrate with your child or be like Thomas Edison. And Thomas Edison uh, took a thousand different experiments to learn how to make a light bulb, and he decided the first 99 uh, he learned another way not to make a light. So being like Thomas Edison, you can learn another way not to solve that problem. Um, important uh, that uh, these, these methods that we've talked about can be adapted for working with teens. Um, one must be realistic uh, about beliefs. And uh, often we encourage families, uh, 
and parents of, of teens to encourage their teen to do their best, but accept that failure to achieve parental goals uh, is not a catastrophe. And that doesn't mean that that teen is necessarily headed for certain ruin or deliberately trying to make the parents' lives hell. Uh, this might be a time to consider or reconsider medication um, to, to enhance, to learn and enhance negotiation skills and to work on improving communication uh, because much more of uh, that interaction with that child and the effectiveness of parenting is going to be based on these effective communication between parent and teen and the ability to negotiate. Uh, behavioral contracts, and here's an example of a behavioral contract, are often used more with teens uh, because they uh, are likely to cover uh, a longer period of time. Well, that's uh, some of the core principles and components of, of behavioral therapy. Uh, those who engage in it uh, have found that behavioral parent training is effective in reducing family conflict, in, in reducing defiance, and to a lesser extent, uh, the core symptoms of ADHD. Um, it will also reduce parenting stress and improve family well-being, and likely to enhance the effects of medication. And we know when, when fathers are involved uh, in, in the intervention with their kids, it enhances the maintenance of the, uh, the long-term effects of, of Well, it's hard to, to gaze into the future, and, and my crystal ball is, is no better than yours. But uh, research has, has been able to provide some predictors of positive outcome. And when these things are absent, conduct problems, or maltreatment, or family poverty. And these things are present, a stable family, uh, emotional well-being of the family members, parent mental health, and a positive peer group. Uh, kids with ADHD are more likely to have a positive outcome. Um, but keep in mind, ADHD in children persists to adolescence in 50 to 85 percent of those kids, in 35 to 65 percent uh, into adulthood. All right. So if this sounds good, uh, you want to sign on. How do you find a therapist? Well, according to the the CDC, uh, one of the good resources for that is the American Psychological Association psychologist locators. Another way would be to look at the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy locators. Um, and don't forget the American Board of Professional Psychology. This is a certification of advanced competence for psychologists. And so um, uh, in looking at those who, who are certified by, by the American Board, uh, you know that that psychologist has specialized in, in child and adolescent 
psychology and shows a, an advanced level of competence. You can also look for uh, therapists who've had specific training, such as those uh, listed here on that slide. How do you know if that therapist uh, is a good one? Well, they ought to be teaching you skills and strategies uh, that use these components that we've talked about today. Positive reinforcement, structure, consistent discipline. Uh, they ought to be teaching parents positive ways to interact and communicate with their child. And ought to be assigning you um, activities to practice at home. Why? Because intervention and change takes place at the point of performance. That is where you want it to occur. Um, and they should, the therapist should be meeting regularly with family to monitor progress uh, towards the goals that you've defined and be able to provide coaching and support. Um, we should also talk about medication. Again, um, the uh, medications such as methylphenidate, Ritalin, Concerta, uh, Adderall, effective with 65 to 85%. And if they aren't, uh, you can try another class of medication, and that will uh, likely to, to increase the, the success rate to about uh, 85%. As we draw to a close, uh, it's important uh, to have appropriate expectations uh, for intervening with, with children who have ADHD. It's important to remember that ADHD is a chronic neurodevelopmental condition. Uh, behavior therapy is going to work best with younger children and school-aged children and those who have more conduct problems. And uh, as much as we would like it to be different, even the best treatments that are followed uh, perfectly closely uh, are rarely going to normalize the functioning uh, in all domains for that child. And unfortunately, uh, the effects of treatment are likely to diminish when treatment stops. You stop behavioral therapy, you stop medication, you stop classroom interventions, those are likely to diminish in their So in summary, uh, remember ADHD is, a, is chronic. It affects 3 to 7% of children and 4% of adults. Behavior therapy is going to be effective when it occurs at the point of performance and externalizes important information. And treatments such as behavior management support the cognitive deficits of those children. In combination treatment, both medication and behavior therapy, is superior uh, to either one alone, at least in, in the short term. And here are some resources, um, including CDC fact, uh, fact sheets. And that is about the, the extent of my presentation, so I think we'll, we'll take some questions now. 
Um, yes, uh, thank you so much, Dr. Barton. That was some really great information. Um, as a reminder to our participants, so you can submit your questions using the question box. And thank you to those who have entered their questions. Um, so we're going to jump right into questions um, right here. Our first question is about a special time. So the parent is asking, um, do we grant the child special time even if they behave badly that day? Uh, certainly. Uh, as I mentioned, um, special time is non-contingent on behavior. Uh, that means uh, you don't earn special time. Special time is part of our being a family and uh, we, we have that special time to improve our relationship and become, become closer as a family. Um, again, if, if your uh, commands are to be effective, uh, you want that child to please you. Uh, you want them uh, to want you to be happy uh, that they've followed that direction, that they've done well. And so this is a way to, to matter more to have that positive relationship with kids and uh, develop a, a positive and warm relationship uh, when perhaps uh, those, those interactions have been strained. Okay, thank you, Dr. Barton. So our next question is um, about uh, camp. At what age is it appropriate to send children to camp, or is it really dependent on the parents or the child of the age of the child? Well, I guess that depends on, on um, the, the nature of the camp and the nature of the activities. Um, and there, are, there are all kinds of camps. Uh, uh, camp out in the backyard. Uh, camp uh, in a familiar location with familiar staff, maybe at school. Um, day camp and then sleep awake. So I think the younger the child, the, the less likely you are going to send them to camps where there are um, less familiar individuals and staff, uh, larger environments with, with increased numbers of campers, uh, and where they're likely to sleep away. As kids are uh, older, uh, have some experience with, with sleepaways, uh, are more familiar with uh, interacting with with uh, strangers who, who aren't their teachers or, or family or their neighbor. Uh, then those longer and and sleep awake camps uh, be more appropriate. Okay, thank you, Dr. Barton. So our next question um, has to do about mornings. Um, the parent says, mornings are the absolute worst time of the day for me. What suggestions do you have to improve listening and focus in the morning? Um, well, the first one would be, um, you know, again, using that parental radar. Uh, to gaze forward through the haze from the boat called now, looking into the future and anticipating some of those problems. One would be backing up and making sure that that child has 
uh, had adequate amounts of sleep. And uh, the uh, American Academy of, of Pediatrics and also uh, of Sleep Medicine have, have issued guidelines in that. And kids, uh, young kids ought to be getting 9 to 10 hours of sleep. Uh, slightly older kids can get by with, uh, with 8 uh, if they are adolescents. Um, next is to have a morning routine um, that uh, is going to uh, be practiced uh, maybe when that child is um, awake and alert and uh, so we can begin to anticipate what that routine will be. Uh, there should be again, positive opposite of those difficult behaviors should be defined. The antecedents have been anticipated uh, by perhaps laying out clothes the night before, getting the backpack organized the night before, having a maybe cereal bar ready to put in that child's hand if they're a little bit late they can still have some, some food to eat in the car or on the buses that go And then be able to provide some consequences, positive reinforcement for uh, achieving each one of those, those goals that you've set out in the definition of positive Okay, thank you, Dr. Bryan. Um, and it, it seems you might be cutting in and out just a little bit, so um, I'm just going to ask you to speak a little louder. Um, but the it's 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 okay. Okay, so our next question is from a mother, and she asks: Should one attempt behavioral therapy before trying out medication? And her son is actually seven years old. So could you uh, tell us a little bit about your answer on that? Well, of course, those are parental preferences, and um, if you um, ask different professionals, they would probably give you different answers. Pediatricians and, and medical professionals would probably lean towards medication. Uh, psychologists, behavioral therapists might lean towards uh, behavioral interventions. Um, so um, if, if you look at the research on this question, uh, it's mixed. Um, probably the majority of the, the research says that if you're looking for immediate um, improvements in behavior, uh, medication is your, is your best bet. Um, if you uh, have uh, listened to uh, the, the talk today and said, yep, I am sure that our family is able to uh, and implement uh, those behavioral interventions over the long term, um, then that might be your your best bet. Okay, thank you, Dr. Broughton. Um, so our next question is from a mother who has an 11-year-old boy, and she says that she's tried a chore chart for him. Um, he'll be excited and follow the chart for the first two days, and then afterwards just loses interest. Um, is there something that she did wrong? Was she supposed to reward him per day instead of the week? Any suggestions on that? Yes. Um, again, um, intervention is at the point of performance. 
and those consequences for behavior uh, when that child has completed those chores uh, need to be more immediate. Remember, uh, you want to be on the boat called now, uh, not back on the dock, not um, at, at the destination. You want to be on the boat called now, providing those, those positive consequences for the completion of desired behavior more immediately, more frequently, and probably more powerfully than you might to, to that child's siblings uh, who don't have ADHD or that child's friend. So um, keep the, uh, the, the chore chart uh, short and specific. Um, provide those rewards immediately after the completion of the task. Uh, so uh, either that moment or at the end of that day, not at the end of the week. Um, and then keep in mind uh, that those rewards need to be more powerful. And part of power in consequences is their novelty. Um, so we, just about the time you figure out uh, that, oh, uh, this reward is pretty cool and uh, certainly provides incentive, it's probably time to start thinking about uh, another one because we know that kids with ADHD tend to satiate or uh, get bored with things more quickly than other kids. Okay. Um, our next question, Dr. Barton, um, is about special time. So how does a parent introduce special time? Well, I think it's pretty simple, um, saying that, uh, you know, I'd like to spend some more time with you and um, have some fun with you and do some things that you would like for us to do together. And so in order to do that, we're going to have special time on X, Y, and Z days. Um, the more often you can have it, the better. But as we all know, families are, are busy. And so uh, think ahead. Use your parental radar to gaze through the haze and figure out what is feasible to do. Is it once a week? Is it three times a week? Well, let's say it's three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Pick a time. Again, one that is feasible and very likely to be um, one that you can, you can keep up with. So Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, from 7 to 7.30, after your homework is done, we are going to have some special time. And that means uh, between 7 and 7.30, we're going to do an activity that you pick. Uh, this should be something that we can do together, that we can talk during, uh, and not a passivity like watching TV. Uh, when special time is over, that means 7.30, uh, then the activity is done, we're going to clean up, and we'll look forward to doing it again on Wednesday at 7.30. Okay, Dr. Barton. So our, our next question um, is from a mother uh, who has an 11-year-old. Um, she asked, how do you compel a child, specifically 11-year-old, to go to his room? Our son is outright refusing, yet I need him to give both of us space to cool down. His defiance, unfortunately, is primarily reserved for me, his mom. 
She also says his primary offense is disrespect, mouthiness, and being argumentative and contrary. Any suggestions on that? Well, I guess I would, would ask mom to uh, look at those uh, behaviors that are offensive and look at what the consequence of those behaviors might be, particularly in terms of what might be maintaining. And my guess would be that, uh, that uh, engagement uh, with mom uh, and able to, to get mom riled up and uh, to exert some power over her um, may be maintaining uh, those disrespectful and, and argumentative behaviors. So again, uh, thinking in terms of uh, providing frequent, immediate, and powerful consequences for the positive opposite, being respectful, being agreeable, um, and following directions, um, while uh, reducing the uh, power of those those negative consequences, uh, so I would encourage mom to be able to to keep calm and and carry on and give those disrespectful uh, argumentative behaviors uh, less attention and and engagement. Okay, thank you, Dr. Barton. So our, our, we're going to take a couple questions more. Um, our next question um, is from a mother who has a 15-year-old. Um, she asks, can my 15-year-old ADHD adolescent benefit from behavioral therapy, or is it parent training more recommended? That is more reactive and heroic, and I tend to use rationalize. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't get the last two sentences oh, of, of that question. Oh, sorry about that. She says, dad is more reactive and heroic, and I tend to use rationalizing. Mm -hmm. um, probably the answer to that, that question is yes. Um, teen, 15-year-old, um, and parents are, are going to benefit from um, uh, behavioral therapy in that um, we want to improve uh, the, the dad's negotiation skills and effective communication. So reducing um, the reactivity, um, and I'm not sure what, what heroic means, but, uh, but, but probably one doesn't want to swoop in and, and save the situation. Um, thereby disempowering mom. Um, and we certainly like mom's uh, rational approach to the situation. Um, that sounds like she's going to be uh, maybe the, the, the lead on problem solving and um, providing some, some effective communication there. Um, as far as uh, the teen uh, may be benefiting from some of the organization skills training that I didn't get a chance to, to get to, um, but that can be uh, learned in, in working with a behavior therapist 
and monitored and reinforced by by the parents in school, hopefully. Okay, thank you, Dr. Barton. So our next question, a parent is asking for positive engagement, engaging activities for a parent to share with um, his teen at home. Any suggestions on that? Well, that's a little tougher. Um, teens are, are less likely to, to want to be engaged with parents, more likely to want to be engaged with their peers as they should be, that's their developmental task. And so um, looking at uh, what that teen spends a lot of time doing, asking that teen, what might we do together that would be enjoyable to you? Um, uh, looking at the, uh, the families of, of, that peer, uh, of that teen's peers, uh, looking at what they enjoy doing together might provide some some opportunities for brainstorming. Uh, but I think this is one that, that you certainly have to um, uh, have the teen take the lead on and uh, some of those positive uh, activities might be facilitated uh, by providing some access. Hey, let's drive over to or providing some money hey, I'll pay for us to, or hey, bring along a friend and we'll do X, Y, or Z. Okay, those are really great suggestions. Um, Dr. Barton, so our next question is uh, from a parent who's asking, um, which one is better, individual behavioral therapy for the child or getting the family involved or participating in some type of group therapy? Oh, by far and away, um, the, the, the behavior management training uh, for the parents is going to far exceed the effectiveness of having a child uh, in behavior, behavior therapy without the parents' involvement. Uh, that is really not a very effective way uh, to, to treat uh, these problems. Um, uh, behavior parent training can be uh, effectively delivered in a group setting. In fact, one of the, the programs that we have at Phoenix Children's Hospital is just that, uh, a group environment for teaching these behavioral skills to parents of kids with ADHD. Okay, thank you, Dr. Barton. Um, so the next question is from a parent asking about medication. What is the best way to figure out what meds will, what medication will work best for my child? Well, um, as a psychologist, when I talk about medication, I'm, I'm talking a little bit beyond my competence. And so I think the, the best way to uh, start making that decision is to look at some of the, uh, the resources that are available to you um, at the end of this presentation or or through CHAD and begin to, to formulate some questions uh, about what medications might be effective uh, and what might, might uh, some of their drawbacks be. Then go to your primary care physician um, or a child psychiatrist, ask those questions and um, uh, get information that is going to be relevant about that, medica that particular medication in your specific child. 
Okay, thank you, Dr. Barton. Um, so our next question, um, parents are asking, who, who can provide behavioral therapy? Is it just a psychologist or other professionals who can also provide it? Uh, certainly psychologists are, are at the forefront of providing behavioral therapy, uh, but uh, those uh, other professions who've had training in it, such as uh, counselors, uh, and or licensed clinical social workers uh, might, prov uh, probably even some psychiatrists might provide behavioral therapy. But it's about the training uh, rather than the profession. Okay, thank you, Dr. Barton. So now we're going to ask our last question, which is also on medication. Um, the question is, what is the average time children should be on medication? Well, this is a hard one. Um, because uh, medication doesn't cure, medication treats symptoms. So stop the medication, um, and those symptoms are likely to return. Um, the MTA study, um, which is probably one of the best um, studies looking at uh, medication treatment, looking at uh, behavioral treatment, and looking at, at uh, a combination of them, uh, along with school interventions, uh, showed that the, the effects of uh, maximized medication were, were more effective uh, than behavioral interventions for about three years. Uh, at the end of that period, um, and, and here, um, some of the, the, the maximization um, may have, have faltered a bit. Um, then the, the effects of medication and um, behavior interventions uh, were much more similar. Okay, thank you, Dr. Barton. twice before you reach for that over-the-counter allergy medication. It may interact with your ADHD medication. Talk with your doctor before starting any new medication, whether it's over-the-counter or prescription. For more information about ADHD, visit helpforadhd.org. That's H-E-L-P, the number four, ADHD.org.